It's taking it's so, Tiger Mountain by strategy. Yeah, right. The by sequel strategy. to uh, Here Come the Warm Jets. Here Come the Warm Jets. Both another kind 1974 have like a, release. Yeah, 1974, another kind of like pseudo... Uh, military sounding mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. very Jets. fascinated by strategy uh, the the chinese revolution in particular on on tiger mountain apparently you know whenever um, i hear something like that i i know like this is i, I just kind of like go like wow great like it, it's the same thing that happens with uh with, with words for the dying when you find out that's like it's actually about the falklands war oh, right. it's like oh cool <laughs> but i mean that's that's just a knee-jerk um, reaction that, sure. that we should work to beat down and try to find a way to uh, to dispel that that would be boring. We, Absolutely. It's a revolution in China. What what could be boring about that? Sure. That's two, two great tastes that taste great together. China, China. and revolutions. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, it, 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 that can feel like a very heady and heavy sort of subject matter, not particularly well suited for the rock song. But at, at least in Eno's case, I think it, that it's all just kind of window dressing and it's just sort of um, uh, like a flavor that he uses with his particular lyrical approach. Because I really don't think that there is a whole lot of, um, you know, sort of political ideology in this record or even identifiable sort of stories or characters in a lot of these songs. Oh, it's well, there's characters. Kind of, there's characters galore. Yeah. There's a couple. You've got Judy. You've got the fat lady of Limburg. You've uh-huh. got the third uncle. The you've third got uncle. the great pretender. You've got the baby under under whom you put straw. <laughs> a straw. <laughs> you got Mother Whale. Uh, uh, Mother Whale Eyeless. Buddy, it's nothing but characters. Yeah, good point. It's like the fucking cover of uh, The Basement Tapes. Uh, yeah, but it, it's... I don't know. I actually feel like there is some kind of a weird narrative here, more so than the last record. More so I, than the last record, I, yeah. I really this is a more cohesive that. kind of sound and, uh, like, you know, uh, lyrical subject matter. There's a theme, and it's a more constant theme. The theme is China. Just the same way John Basically. is fascinated with China. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they're such great friends. Is this, you know, this is, you know aping John's <laughs> fascination with China? Uh, yeah. They both discovered, they're like, I thought of it first. Right, yeah. Uh, it's been so great listening to all these Brian Eno records recently. I just want to, I just want to log that in the, in the ledger, in, in the, in the transcript somewhere. I have been having such a great time coming back yeah. to all these. Cause it, like, I, I haven't listened to any of these records in like years at this point, but I know like every fucking crevice of every song, like the back of my hand. Uh, mm. Cause I just spent endless hours when I was like 20 years old listening to these records and uh, it's just it's so great to fall back and they sound just as good as they ever did which uh, is not always the way that it works with music that you spent hours of your 20s listening to no I feel the same way and I was actually thinking about it while I was walking around listening to these that they're really instructive to me like I think that you Ian could probably be a better musician than a lot of other people who haven't heard this record even if you even though you don't play music like mm. there's things about it that just kind of cue your ear like train your ear to be like oh, I didn't know that could mean something or I didn't know this could be a, this detail could be something you put in a song it, he really laid down these groundwork i uh approaches that were like 
it's like turning the lights on in a room where you, you see like all these toys and doohickeys and and little art project things that you can do. And they're now just, that's how music is now. It's just right. like, now you can do all these things. Yeah. Yeah. You have a whole new uh, uh, playground on, on which to play. Everyone does for yeah. the rest of the rest of time. Based Entire on what new, he's doing here. Whole new categories of things sure. to do. I've always also loved how like quickly and effortlessly he seemed to just like master this entire form and, and, and genre and then just abandon it for like for the rest of his life. Basically he can come back. What do you mean? Like he's been doing it in just privately now, you know, according to what uh, you'll hear later, but what, yeah. On the next episode. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But, but, and, but that's a great point, right? Is like, he, he like has this compulsion to do this sort of thing and can do it so easily. He's just tossing these brilliant ideas off one after the other. And yet he, it's, it's almost like, um, it's like a little hobby for him. You know, like, I, I feel like if you are, if you are a generationally talented musician, you want to, you want to get your music out there and like, let people hear it. And for Eno, it's almost like, just like a way to kind of like keep his brain busy in the afternoon, uh, yeah. in between like, you know, drinking, uh, uh, lukewarm glasses of water and playing chess against himself. Or, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he does. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the hobby, the things that he does on a daily well, basis. Toys is, I, th- I think that's actually, a, it's kind of a real thing about like how he operates in this mode. It is kind of like he has all these toys. Um, and I think in the process of making these records, he hit upon these things, maybe by accident, maybe just by fucking around and having fun. But I think there was these points when it becomes so much more than just fun. It becomes like strikingly beautiful or achieves some mood that Mm. is like beyond just a novel way to make a song. And then I think he just naturally became uh, more interested in that. Like, how can I just do that full time? And then, of course, he does. But... Like, yeah, he just kind of leapfrogs uh, the actual rock and roll aspect of it. He, he he can, like, take the gun apart and put it back together. He can do the Rubik's Cube with his eyes closed. Right. And it it it's not long before he has this capacity and this desire to expand his view. Yeah, not long at all. It's uh, you know, it's it's actually actively happening already because it already happened. These, yeah, I mean, the, just, the first record was no pussy Yeah, <laughs> and I think uh, Evening Star comes out in '75. Beautiful um, Evening Star. Yeah, another great record. He's you know he's already operating on like twin kind of tracks. He has two two simultaneous careers as this genre uh, uh, defining, uh, genre breaking and bending ambient artist as well as like master pop uh, craftsman. Um, and then sort of sets that one aside to become even more of a ma- master pop craftsman, just producing people like the Talking Heads and you two. Um, the man can do it all. He's a real renaissance man. This is also, we should note, because uh, we haven't talked about this on, we didn't talk about it last week and we we didn't talk about it on the one you'll hear next week. Um, but we got it. It's a, it's a you know legendary piece of, you know, lore. This is where the oblique strategies come from. Uh, he mm. develops the oblique strategies during the recording of taking Tiger Mountain. Uh, have you, By have you, strategy. There you go. Strategy. That's right. Have you employed uh, any oblique strategies in your life before? 
why the fuck don't I own this? How will, is nobody they're, they're that very thought- they're very expensive. I don't care. Nobody in my life is thoughtful enough to uh, figure out some way to, to give to me buy the old strat. A, a $3,000 deck of cards. It's not that much. Ian. I think Can't it is. Be. No, no, no. I don't believe that. They are, they've only been produced in like very limited runs, like a couple times throughout, uh, throughout. Nobody history. loves me, Ian. Nobody loves me enough. Nobody loves me that much. Well, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep it in mind when the old birthday rolls around. I've just been using my own oblique strategies over the years. Like, talk about hamburger. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's we've got our own. We should do Com- we compared should to issue, mustard. We should issue the Jokerman set of oblique strategies. That would be a hoot. I mean, there's but it, but the people have done their own versions of it, and that's kind of like corny, and it's like you know ends up being kind of like Cards Against Humanity core mm. shit. But I think that we would knock it out of the park, and of course they would all be in Jokerman font. Absolutely. People would buy. Would you buy this? Raise your hand. Oh, you out there? I hear that. I see your hand raised. That's I great. hear the hands being raised <laughs> in podcast land. Uh, well, maybe we can deploy some uh, oblique strategies as we proceed through this podcast. Yeah, so we, if we, if we run into a I'm dead pulling, end in conversation, we can just uh, we can. I've got one of the websites that has all of them plugged in, pulled up, and uh, and I can just click click for a new one like this one. Emphasize differences. How 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 can we how, emphasize how differences? Is, how is Ian different from Evan? Mm. There's uh, an extra letter in Evan's name, and one of them lives in one part of California, and the other one lives in the other part of California. Hey, it just said <laughs> it didn't say emphasize differences twice. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there aren't many differences. Uh, this one just says shut the fuck up and start talking about the record. Perfect. <laughs>